I am going to continue this detox series this morning. We've been talking about um, the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Real short section of the Bible. It's like the cliff notes for following Jesus. That's the significance. If you want to know what's it mean to be a Christian, well, uh, there's some doctrinal stuff, and then there's following Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So that's why I think it's important to become a student of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and that's why we're just sort of slow walking it over these next couple months. Essentially, I think we can all agree that it is a toxic world out there right now. And uh, I, th- I think that, that centering around Jesus' teaching gives us clarity, helps us to detox a little bit. And if we live out these teachings, we might even bring some healing into, <clears throat> into the world around us. So that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Now, <clears throat> in addition to clearing my throat nonstop, this morning... I'm going to walk through a pretty sensitive and emotional topic. We're to the place where Jesus teaches about divorce. Just a couple of sentences. Uh, But because of the nature of divorce, these few sentences uh, have a big impact on everyday life. I I think most of us, on some level, have been impacted by divorce, whether it be our parents, ourselves, um, maybe our grown children, close friends. Uh, divorce obviously uh, creates sometimes decades of ongoing pain. And, and so I just you know, want to up front, I want to say that. And I also want to say that you know, if you're, uh, maybe you didn't realize that was a topic or whatever, but I want you to know that you know, I'm going to talk, talk about this, but I'm going to do my best to make sure you don't leave here, like, crushed. So we'll look at what Jesus says. We'll look at different ways to interpret what Jesus says. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't believe that, that, that there's such a thing as a person who has been ruined by sin. Um, I don't think God's ever done. You're never out of the game. God doesn't write people off. Uh, and, I, and I say that because... Uh, over the years, so I've been at Polaris 24 years now, and, and I've seen some things. And I, I, I've had people ask me, like longtime Christian people who've lived in the church, ask me, am I going to hell because I'm divorced? Or am I going to hell because I'm divorced and remarried? And you see that pain and uncertainty in their eyes. Uh, I remember one guy introduced himself, his first Sunday introduced himself to me. He was a former minister in uh, Painesville, and he met me. He said, I was a minister in Painesville and um, went there a lot of years, and now I'm divorced, and he went like that. Like, as, as if to project that I would define him and write him off or whatever because of his divorce. And so I know a lot of that's just a part of the, there's the natural pain and consequences from divorce, but then what, even the words that we're reading here today have been used to bring about tremendous pain in the lives of people and do great spiritual damage. 
So we're dealing with that too. So um, I got this transcript here. And every now and then, I'll go through it. And in just sort of sense, um, like, you know, God leaning to, like, get away from the transcript, Alex, and just talk to people. And so that's what I'm just going to kind of, like, if we were at Lizardville or if we were around a campfire, um, sort of walk through some things. And um, we'll, we'll approach this topic like that. We'll look at the scripture like that. And, and it, you know, if it, if it doesn't go well, uh, what's the rule? If I bomb up here, no direct eye contact after the service. <laughs> like, I just walk out like Tom, you know, in office space after the interview with the Bobs. And you guys shut the lights off and lock the doors and try again next week. If you don't mind, turn to page 969 in the Bible uh, underneath the chair in front of you. Would love for you to go along uh, with me. And uh, as always, if you don't have a Bible with an easily readable translation, feel free to take that one with you uh, as a gift. Love for you to have it. We're in Matthew 5. We're going to start on verse 31. <clears throat> now, I'm going to look at these couple sentences, and the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at a straightforward interpretation. This would be the majority view. Just, there was original Greek. That got translated into English, and these are the straightforward words of Jesus. And first we'll start with that interpretation, and then we'll look into some contextual things that maybe bring some more to light that I think we should at least consider. And then at Polaris you get to read the Bible and decide for yourself what, what it's saying and what God wants you to hear through these words, okay? Okay. So, here we go. It has been said, these are the words of Jesus, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, this is often considered the most straightforward teaching on divorce, and it's as if Jesus is saying um, the only condition, like exhaustive, the only condition for divorce is unfaithfulness, and anything else just creates a bunch of additional adultery. So, essentially... For any other cause, divorce is forbidden. Straightforward interpretation of the words of Jesus. Now, this interpretation may very well be correct. And it's certainly the majority view for how to interpret those words. I, um, I heard a podcast not too long ago, a couple years ago. Pastor 
was talking about an interaction he had with a woman at his secular job. And she, he's like celebrating this moment in his ministry. She told him, had confided in him, that she was going to leave her husband because he was physically abusive and she was done taking it. So she was going to divorce her husband. And this pastor had said, well, it's not God's fault you married a jerk. How could you compromise the word of God and divorce someone, no matter how they treat you, if they haven't cheated on you? Like he asked her, has he cheated on you? And she said, I don't think he's cheated on me. And he essentially said, well, there are no grounds for divorce. It's not God's fault that you made a bad choice. And she tearfully went back to this abusive relationship. <clears throat> and this, this pastor was celebrating that great victory for the word of God. And I don't know, that just didn't sit well with me. Like, that just doesn't sound like Jesus. Um, sorry, you married a guy that's swinging on you. Not God's fault. Um, and so that led me to quite a bit of, of, of reflection and study. Could there be more going on here? Because oftentimes when you look at Scripture, and, and so it's like this. You don't want to make it your goal to explain away things you're uncomfortable with in the Bible. But sometimes when things just don't seem right, there might be more going on. So let me give you some, some <clears throat> possibilities. And this is not to, um, like I don't want you to leave here throwing your hands up, well then how can I know scripture? Um, because the vast majority of scripture, especially the words of Jesus, are simple and straightforward. And, but there is a factor that there's always context, what was going on in the ancient world. There's also the truth that most of the teachings of Jesus were spoken in a, in a Hebrew language to a Jewish culture. Then as those words were recalled and written down, they were written down in Greek. So there's a translation there from Hebrew <clears throat> to Greek. And then 2,000 years or 1,600 years went by until that Greek was translated into Elizabethan English. And now that Greek is retranslated into modern day culture. Now, again, very accurate, um, very reliable. But every now and then, there's something more going on. And so what I want you to know is with this particular passage, I would like for you to know some of the other cultural things going on in Jesus' day and time to at least bring to this text so that you can make an informed decision uh, and have an informed understanding. So we're going to do that over the next few minutes. Let's go back and look at the entire context first of this passage. So we're going to start in verse 27. 
<clears throat> and actually, this should have all been one, and, and even in the flow of this sermon series, this message was supposed to be last week, but I just got back from Phoenix and didn't want to like come back from vacation to a divorce sermon, so I gave myself a week in between and did honesty last week, which should have been like next, yeah, this week, but anyway, it should all flow. So, verse 27, and we're going to look at a greater context for this teaching on divorce. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully already has committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now that word hell there uh, is Gehenna, and it, it was a flaming dump, um, what, like junkyard, trash, dump heap, landfill, whatever, outside of Jerusalem. So Jesus is essentially saying, thrown into the dump, okay? Um, and if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. <clears throat> Jesus is saying, don't look at women lustfully. Okay, so that's the first thing. Don't look at women lustfully. Now, he moves on. It's been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. <clears throat> Did you notice the way both of those instances, lust and divorce, were directed at men toward women. Okay, I think that first of all, first and foremost, one of the things that Jesus is really, the main thing Jesus is trying to accomplish through this, this is my opinion, this whole teaching, is to protect women. Let me tell you why. There's a big key in uh, interpreting this scripture when Jesus says certificate of divorce, see that up there, anyone who gives his wife a certificate of divorce? All right, that little phrase would have cued his ancient listeners into an ongoing debate in the ancient world centered around a certificate of divorce. It comes from Deuteronomy 24. Don't turn there. I mean, you can, but... It's a fairly complicated passage of Scripture. I'm going to give you the cliff notes because it has its own set of contexts and interpretations. Essentially, Moses says, if there's an indecent thing in your marriage, you can give your wife a certificate of divorce. Okay? So, certificate of divorce became the legal grounds to divorce your wife. And there were two schools of interpretation around indecent things. This is all from Deuteronomy 24, Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. But you got to remember that in the ancient world around Jesus' time, um, their Fox News and CNN were different rabbi schools because it was all a religious culture. And one rabbi would say this and another rabbi would say that. And they would heat a debate and spend a lot of time going back and forth 
between which interpretation was right. Now, there was a there was a debate around certificate of divorce, and this is very important if you want a proper uh, scope to interpret Jesus' teaching. That's why this matters. One school said, indecent thing, it's the indecency. If there's indecency, meaning infidelity, then you can divorce your wife. Another school said, no, it's the thing. It's the indecent thing. It's the thing that can be indecent, meaning anything, meaning if she burns dinner. That's legit. Like, like there's 2,000-year-old scrolls of rabbi teaching that says, burn dinner. Um, <clears throat> then you can give her a certificate of divorce, and it's all on the up and up. So one of those schools... For your next big, you know, social get-together, um, uh, there was the Shammai school and the Hillel school. One said, only infidelity is the spirit of what Moses is saying. The other said, if your neighbor has a kid, daughter comes of age and you're attracted to her, the indecent thing about your wife becomes her looks. Certificate of divorce, pay the dowry, three cows and two goats, get the 20-year-old daughter, you're all good before God. So this led to not only the debate of, no, we can divorce our wives for any and every reason, or not only if she's unfaithful. Like there was that debate, but it led to the widespread practice of just divorcing. Can you imagine in the ancient world when women had almost no rights and almost no means for income, the power it gave a man to know, hey, it's completely legit for me to divorce her by just give, I'll give her the certificate of divorce. I found things indecent and uh, her cooking's indecent. Um, certificate of divorce, on to the next. That left the wife with no, like she didn't get half and she had no skills outside of domestic stuff and in that culture she was damaged goods and so there was this, there was this I'm not saying it's right, I'm simply saying that was the ancient world. And so you, you see this context where Jesus is like, don't look lustfully after women and do not divorce your wives by just giving them a if there's If there's been no unfaithfulness, you can't divorce your wife. What Jesus was doing categorically is saying, in my movement, women will not be abused by this new system or this ancient system of just writing a certificate of divorce for any and every reason. At least a woman can know if she was faithful to her husband. She couldn't be kicked to the curb with, because when you got, if you got divorced, if you weren't able to move back in with your father and you were a woman, you're, you're looking at begging and prostitution basically in the ancient world. Like they're just, what, what, there weren't nearly the options. And so when I look at this, I think number one, um, the part that I believe the most is that as soon as Jesus said, you've heard it said, give your wife a certificate of divorce, he is almost certainly calling his crowd to that one specific issue, well-known issue about certificate of divorce in, in a very specific debate. 
Is it for any and every reason? Or was Moses talking about infidelity? So I think he's speaking to just that one issue. I don't think he's giving an exhaustive list of things that, that are biblical cause for divorce. And, and I would say that like, when I look at it, and this is just Alex, this isn't like the official teaching of Polaris Christian Church. I can't fathom Jesus saying, nope, you go back to your husband that's swinging on you because he hasn't cheated on you. That just, I would be shocked um, if, that's, if, if Jesus is saying, nope, it's infidelity or, or nothing. So, so you get in this realm, and this is, this is important. Um, Jesus isn't, I don't think Jesus is giving a, um, an exhaustive list but I also know that he's saying, uh, like, like the whole thing that started the conversation was, was a group of people that said, you can divorce your wife for any and every reason. And Jesus is like, no. So, so what I don't want to do this morning is, is I don't want you to say, oh, no, there's way more reasons than just infidelity. You're good. Like, ah, you know, I don't have a divorce lawyer set up in a tent outside that I get kickbacks because you leave here feeling, okay, good. Whew. Um. I don't want you to feel strong-armed into your marriage just because a spouse hasn't cheated. But at the same time, understand that Jesus' whole point in this is the Scripture says God hates divorce. And divorce wrecks families and and causes pain and, and, and certainly is not in God's design or intention for marriage. So Jesus upholds marriage. But seems to, uh, I don't think what he's trying to do is say it's cheating or there's no other grounds for divorce. Um, Because I don't think God's honored when someone feels manipulated into staying into an abusive relationship. I don't even think God's all that honored when two couples stay together, when a couple stays together just because they don't want to get divorced to honor God and are miserable and hate each other. And, uh, but we made it. So, I, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a lot to think through with this. Okay, so that's, that's one thing. Um, secondly, I, I think that, that there's reason to believe that Jesus is specifically addressing um, a, a practice that was happening back then and that, this was, both men and women would do this. Because as a wife, you could go for a divorce if you already had your next guy picked out and there was an agreement. It was divorcing in order to get remarried. Like it was a scheme, like the next one's picked out. And this was a common thing back then. You would divorce, certificate of divorce, we're good, in order to remarry. Now, I don't have a slide for this. But if you would turn to Luke 16, 18, I added this this morning. I decided to go ahead and include it. So I don't have a slide for it. It's on page 1049, Luke 16, 18. And it's really obscure because, um, I mean, it's just like it's, it's not even in, in context in Luke. It's like he just, throw, oh, and then there's this thing. Like he just throws in a sentence about, a random sentence about divorce. <clears throat> it's on the bottom left so, corner of 1049. Anyone who divorces his wife and remarries another woman commits adultery 
And the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, that word and, it's called an and of purpose in, in the Hebrew language. And, and there's a, you're kind of guessing a little bit, is this an and of purpose? Because an and of purpose you translate in order to. And it makes sense to me that what Jesus is saying is anyone who divorces his wife in order to marry another commits adultery. And then you translate the second half of that as sort of saying, and vice versa. In other words, what Jesus seems to be saying is the practice of divorcing in order to remarry is not legit. It's not biblical because there was a school of religious thinking that said, it's totally above board. What do you think about that, Jesus? And Jesus, you've heard it said, give your wife a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, and he's basically saying this, this, this practice of just divorce for any and every reason, no. And if you're leaving your spouse in order to marry someone else, or they're, you got to think, that's just creating a web of adultery throughout society. So, as you look at this, um, what I would want you to see is there's some, there's some background that is relevant to the discussion. And I certainly don't think that Jesus is uh, essentially saying stay in an abusive relationship if they haven't cheated because there's a lot out there that would claim that that's what his intent was here, was to, to isolate a specific reason. On the other hand, if you feel relieved because you think now you can just go get divorced, you got to remember that Jesus' whole point to start was, no, divorce is not just something all willy-nilly. It's a big deal. And so what I did is I included it on, on the app. Um, there's a little marriage button for this week and next couple weeks with two resources. Um, I hope you will fight for your marriage. I hope you will leave no stone unturned if your marriage is struggling. And um, for me, I'm not a marriage counselor. I don't have any experience with, like, I'm not your guy. And it's not that I'm saying, don't bother me. I'm simply saying, if your knee hurts, I'll refer you to a doctor who knows what they're doing. If your marriage is struggling, I'll refer you to someone who spends hundreds of hours a month helping people with their marriage. And for me, that's Emerge.org, Emerge Counseling Ministries down in, um, in Akron. They are marriage healers. They've done great things in marriages, and I've seen it. Um, and then there's a book, Love and Respect. And that book has done great things in helping couples build strong marriages. I've seen it. And so those two resources are in the marriage button of the app. Throughout the week, if you're you know, thinking about this and you want to remember what it was, uh, check that out. 
um, they're going to be there for, for a couple weeks. So I did just, um, I want you to leave here fighting for your marriage because I know that, that marriage honors God. Um, and I know that, that, that Jesus um, was, was an advocate for protecting marriage. At the same time, um, if there's abuse involved or things like that, I hope you don't feel trapped in a marriage because of the words of Jesus. And some of you maybe have been a part of religious cultures that would make you think that somehow um, there's simply no way out and that you are forever separated from God because that's the other thing that gets communicated is that, is that um, like divorce has, become how the, has somehow become this thing that um, for, drives a forever wedge between you and God, and that's not biblical either. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to close, hopefully for those of you that are married, um, man, I hope you'll commit um, to working really hard to improve uh, and continue in your marriage. But some of you have been divorced, and some of you have had affairs, and uh, have been uh, defined by that, and feel... Um, constant guilt. And so I want to leave you with, and you guys can come on up on stage for the last song. I want to leave you with one more scripture from Paul. <laughs> Paul says this in Philippians 3, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul had a rough past and did a, did a lot of things um, to distance himself from God. And yet he says, I got this one thing. I got this one mantra. Um, I got this one commitment. I live with this one reminder. Forget the past and press on in my relationship with Jesus. And no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, don't let anyone, including you, define you by something you did in the past. Divorce, adultery, whatever it is. So I just want to have this moment where we um, take in this song and um, invite you to let Scripture and let God's grace shape your heart um, while these guys sing. So I'm gonna pray and then we'll have this reflective moment. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the living nature of your word. Um, how you invite us to wrestle through and to learn and to grow and to apply. And I pray that your word today would sift our hearts and if there is conviction that needs to come from your word today, that it, would, that it would go out into our heart and do its work. And if there is healing that needs to happen from your words today, that it would go forth into our souls and heal us. I pray for every marriage here. I pray for a fighting spirit to fight for the marriage, 
not in the marriage. And I pray for healing for everyone here uh, who has gone through divorce. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.